Welcome to Creative Conversations with Costume Designers. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, us costume designers have a lot to say about what it looks like to tell stories with clothing. I'm your host, Mandy Line. I've been a costume designer for the last 22 years. During COVID-19 lockdown, I felt lost, not being able to make words on a page come to life through costume design. I decided to reach out to my peers, come to find that they felt the same way. I decided to seize the moment and start this podcast. We don't need a lockdown to want to be inspired, motivated, and entertained. So each week, tune in to hear amazing, (laughs) unexpected stories of what it looks like to be a costume designer to them. No one's story is the same. Trust me. Are you ready? I am. Let's do this. Each episode is brought to you by the Western Costume Company, your one-stop shop for all your costume needs. Mother of two kids, wife, Emmy-nominated costume designer for the coolest show ever, Glow, The Carmichael Show, Key and Peele, and so many more awesome projects. Let's find out what is next and where it all began for costume designer Beth Morgan. I had such a great time with her, and I know you will too. Come join us. Oh, I love the backdrop. Uh, do you know that Thank we're blessed you. to have Tracy Field in the house, by the way? Are you... I I know I did see that. I do. And yes, you do love a lake. I got, I've, I've gotten to see Tracy so much recently because we're on the Costume Designers Guild Diversity Committee together. So we've gotten to see each other over Zoom quite a bit. Oh, so always it a is treat. a visual Zoom. Meredith was telling me she was part of it. She's the costume designer from Dynasty. But I didn't know you get to see Yes, them. yes, yes. <gasps> wow. Well, I mean, yeah, in the same way. Look at your light, though. Your light is much better than so my I'm little ring, my little ring light. Oh, no, I'm going to teach you. So look on your phone, okay? And there should be a little smiley face to the right. Oh, yeah. Okay, press that. It's Everyone freaking does it. So press that, and then you get to do the filters. I mean, there's so many choices. Which one do I have? I'll show you. You'll go to a purple one with the stars. It's a natural filter. All it is is a light. Okay, I'll so do that So keep one. on swiping. You'll I see, see like it. A... I see it. Save effect. Okay. <laughs> I mean, who knows what... Uh, who knows? Now it won't go away. Oh, that's better, right? See? It just gives a little something. <laughs> um, thank you for being here. First of all... I'm going to go through your credits, but just really quick, because people are starting to join. I just want to let you know, too. I picked a new charity this morning, mm-hmm. and it's pronounced Glisten. So it's right down there. And I okay, told yeah, people, I even if it's five bucks, we're not working right now. We know it sucks. But it's really interesting. It provides resources for uh, schooling from K to 12, anti-bullying programs, different locations they can go to for the LGBTQ uh, inclusive IA, yeah. IA yeah. youth um, and my neighbor who um, is a trans youth and I mean he probably is going to say he's 26 but that's still the youth yeah he's be- I've become super aware of you know how he grew- how she grew up and it's um I'm glad that this is the charity that we're going with today so yes yes I'm very happy there's so many different ways we can support all kinds of different groups right now so I'm I'm happy that you chose that one Awesome. God, you look so pretty. Okay. So I'm going to introduce Beth and then we're going to get into it. So uh, first of all, I realized that somehow Beth, this magic, she's cloned herself to be able to do 75 shows at once. 
That's yeah. going to be another show. That's a whole other yeah. topic. Um, okay, we've got Emmy-nominated, three Costume Designers Guild nominations, producer, costume designer of GLOW, which people are freaking out, of course. Yeah. For Then I ended up freaking staying up to like 3 a.m. I forget how much I loved Key and Peele. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great show. Dude, Mr. Garvey, like I forgot. Yeah. Oh, stupid. It's kids. so funny, everybody. Oh wait, you just went out. Uh, oh yeah. My thing probably died. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Go for it. Yeah, you said everybody. Um, well, everybody has like their own favorite character from that show. And like totally. Mr. Garvey, a lot, I mean, obviously a lot of people loved all the football things. And like, you know, they were so, they were so smart. Those two guys are such smart, I was gonna caring, ask. loving actors. And they had a really good, interesting worldview. Both came from very different upbringings. And it was such a, an amazing training ground. It was one of the, my first jobs. So like, basically I was an assistant for years, well, however many years. And that was, um, I got that job. I, I always love to credit my husband. Jonathan. No, this I'm is like, good. That was one of my questions, but we're going to pull it up. So tell me, we'll, we'll go with so that. So like, question. basically I, the producer of that job, I had done a job with on Comedy Central years ago. And you know how we okay. always get the same jobs from the same producers. So he called me in for an interview and I didn't do the pilot. And I noticed watching the pilot that me and my husband were watching it together, you know, like before the meeting. And he was like, is that a black suit on Jordan playing Obama? And I was like, I think it is. Yeah. And yeah. like, I really think that that's why I got the job. So I walked in, I was like, oh, I noticed that you wore a black suit for Obama. You know, he always wears a Navy suit. And he was like, you're hired. Like, it's those little things that get those people that, well, uh, that was one of my, um, I have another question, but working with Jordan Peele, did you feel that, genius that one day was just going to explode. Did you feel that working with him? Well, he is like a very meticulous thought, well thought out person. So like when we would discuss things like Gerard Carmichael's this way too, who I worked with a lot, like you can kind of like see their brains working as you're talking. Totally. So like, it's never like a quick response. It's always well thought out. And like, you know, for us, like we would do, and this made people, crazy when I went and did glow because then I would always fit Dawn and Stacey together I did yeah. all of Jordan and Keegan's fittings together so they would be because I was like it's so important to make sure that these characters work mm -hmm. together because each thing is so we would do like 50 different characters but together but two so like actually a hundred different characters in a fitting right. like two so we would go like our racks were insane they would go just by scene because you know everything is a standalone sketch and mainly one change so it's like you know, they would go from like Wendell in a fat suit to like Megan and, and, uh, my God, anyway, the Megan, the Megan sketches. So like we would walk, like the fitting room would be so insane. Cause like nothing got to be used twice. And we had like, co we had no money. So like, we just saved everything. Money, yeah. We saved everything. So like, we just had shit everywhere. Like nothing, like <laughs> we never knew what they were going to write. So it's like, you know, everything would really come up. But like that kind of training ground where you're like, that's the, the muscle of like, okay, who is this character? What is a choice for what? And it's interesting, like Jordan's favorite sketches were the Continental Breakfast. Oh, like, God, no, was, see, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go watch and that. And like, now. he really loved also, um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like, basically this guy came up and he was like, you know, like a transient type guy. Yeah. Right. And like, we like spent a lot of time with the nuances, like, how could this guy who is trying to like basically 
get money from you. Right. Like, <laughs> like, why would, would he have a briefcase? Like, would he have on loafers with sweatpants and would they be tucked in? So like, there was so many choices that went into each thing. And I just feel like for me, it was this amazing training ground of like doing hundreds of characters a season all the time. Like with, and like Keegan, their energies are very different. So I was like, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Keegan would be like, I mean, they're the most fun fittings I've ever had. Like, they, he'd be like dancing in the fitting room and then Jordan would like be like quietly like thinking of something that like a couple minutes later would come right. out. And like, you know, so, and like there'd always be music. And actually that was the only show I've ever been on where the director came to every fitting. So like the fitting was like literally. And you're like, kind of like a rehearsal. Cause you're kind yeah, of I mean, it was like, in it. It was the most collaborative process. And like, they really trusted me. So it was more about like, there's too many things to approve and these guys are writing, they're in everything. They're in the, they can't like, come back, yeah. Let's just streamline this process. And like Peter would sit and like have lunch or like do notes and then like look up and be like, yeah, it's approved. It, it wasn't like, I didn't feel like he was infringing on that like, precious time we have ourselves with the actors. It just felt like this fun band that we, you know, like the first season, our uh, Mel Kerber was my assistant. who's was amazing, mm. but like left to do like Pirates of the Caribbean. like. Luckily, I had assisted on all these huge movies. So I had all these, like, great contacts, like, Western costume. Like, smart, I, smart. my first job was the assistant designer on Deadwood. Like, so when I went in, I was like, here, I have four pennies. And I <laughs> yeah. Rent. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, this we, what I, can do. Know, I interned there at their library with Bobby before, you know, like, back when I first moved here. Old school Bobby. Like, what? Well, what was interesting, one of my one of my questions, because we have a lot of college students, and you kind of already touched on it, which was so awesome, was, you know, they think of this big world they think of glow they think of netflix and i wanted you and you, you touched on that to talk about because i'll be in my fittings and your fittings sound like my fittings like you better have come eaten you've had your oh, coffee yeah. because it's going to be epic and how, how I, I literally the question was was key and peel one of your most influential training grounds to turn you into that designer you are today because it was quick changes. It was no money. It was with genius writers and directors. And you kind of already touched on, but I want you to kind of tell the students about how every job, the most every important job ones brings something. aren't, aren't always yeah. the glamorous ones. Like yeah. all the like stuff you learned. My trajectory was like, I came out here, the college I was going to in Chicago, Columbia College, Chicago had a semester in LA program. And I was like in Chicago, like I had originally gone to this like tiny liberal arts school in the middle of Peoria. Did you, did you go with intentions for costume or not? I originally, when I went to school, I grew up in St. Louis and I used wow. to love theater. And like, we'd go see the Muni and the free seats with my grandma with like the little binoculars. And like, oh. you know, I, I grew up watching Greece and meet me in St. Louis. And yeah, like, Cry Baby, like John Waters films, like really mm -hmm. formed who I am as an artist. As I like Cry Baby and Hairspray, the original Hairspray were like my movie. So like, I had this really like for growing up in like, a very white middle-class suburban. I was going to ask, like, how did a Midwestern girl turn into you? This is amazing. I know. You know, it's so funny because, you know, my sister also, like, you know, I have a sister and a brother. My brother's still in St. Louis. My sister is, like, a very well-known uh, figure in, in Santiago, Chile. She lives in Chile and, like, is, uh, is like, you know, famous down there. And I'm like, how the hell? We always just like, What does like, she do? Is she an artist? Go? No, she is, owns a string of sex shops. So she sells, oh. she, like, revolutionized sex toys for women in, in Chile and like broad sexual well-being to I love them. your family I love everyone that's come out of it like you can't stifle the arts in somebody I love it well and like my grandma was very like I grew up cleaning going in her closet she was like an organized hoarder 
I grew up like putting on her hat from the fifties and like her old clothes. Like I would, I, I would go to my high school parties and like my Sanzibel polyester pants and her shirts. Like, and she taught me like we did, we were fine, you know. But yeah, like, yeah. we weren't, we weren't like I remember like going to Frontenac, which is like the nice mall in mm. like <laughs> in my twenties. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. never, like, we shopped at, like, you know, TJ Maxx and put stuff And Jemco. Hello, Jemco and Mervyn's, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, we, like, well, we didn't have Mervyn's with, like, a JCPenney's 5 yeah, yeah. Same thing. So, like, we, I always had this, like, really, I remember for, like, third grade, my mom would always let me wear whatever I wanted. I wore hot pink biker shorts and, like, a crop top that had, like, a comic strip. To, like, you aren't allowed to come to these interviews without showing credit. So we're going to come back and you're going to find a photo. <laughs> oh, hilarious. I wonder if my, my mom was just going through a photo when she had them. Like, I always, like, kind of banged my own drum when it came to that. It was totally. really influenced by, like, shopping at thrift stores and, and doing all that. But, like, I was a jock in high school. Like, I didn't do a play. I didn't do any of that. I played soccer and field hockey and, like, drank beer with, like, fucking frat boys and, like, you know, like, <laughs> You know, like, it was not, like, I had this, like, amazing artistic, I can't sketch. I was always so envious there was this girl in high school. I still am. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, if I really, like, in college, when I was taking a fashion illustration class, which was actually more helpful than the costume class, like, when I was, like, at it and practicing every day. Right. Yeah. But, but, like, I wouldn't say, like, I'm, like, this innate artistry in my thing. It was, like, it was very a muscle that I, like, Oh, it's such practice. It's such practice. By the way, Cynthia Summers huge costume designer just apologize she said sorry i'm late i'm like dying because oh, <laughs> cynthia and i like you know it's such an amazing thing to work for netflix because we get to like hang out so much together it's like for that's the award it. season they really like just really celebrate oh that's weird they talent. support you a network that support oh interesting and, but they just are like cynthia's always like we get to be at these events together and like really share that camaraderie and like do panels like that are really about like the process so I know, Cynthia. Well, thanks for joining us, well, Cynthia. Hi. So much I have so many friends just from, like, I realize now, I'm like, oh, I was like the cheerleader in high school, and I have friends, and now I'm like, I have this community of costume designers. I'm in awe of, like, everyone that I end up interviewing. So, anyways, so yeah. you, were, you weren't the typical artsy student in high school. Yeah, and, like, I went to school initially for social work and then changed to fashion, and then I remember vividly, like, I was a smoker, I mean, it was the 90s. We all were smoking. Uh, and like walking through the quad. <laughs> the quad. The quad. The quad. <laughs> so in, my, like, in Peoria, Illinois, that always like, <laughs> smelled like a brewery because there was like a bun factory there. And like looking over at the theater door and like all the people in like their trench coats and their long hair right? like, smoking cigarettes. And I was like, those are my people. Like, why am I denying? Like Janine Garofalo from Romeo yeah. Michelle's, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I transferred that second semester of my freshman year into the theater department and okay. really kind of then got the knowledge of like what it would take to be a costume designer, what it would look like. And, you know, a lot of people that get their undergrad in theater arts, like end up going to grad school and doing these assistantships. And I just knew that that was not my path. Yeah. So my sister was getting ready to graduate from WashU in St. Louis and moved to Chicago. So I said, find me a school in Chicago. I'm going to move there. I, I, I left Bradley my second semester of my, sophomore year and did an internship in North Carolina at Paramount Production Services, which did the costumes for the cruise ship and like the Carol, like five, like Paramount owns these like five random theme parks. So I, okay. I literally was in the sewing circle of, with all these older ladies living in the, a dorm in the middle of nowhere. And you just pieced out and you did it. You just yeah. said, screw it, I'm leaving. Wow. I said, I really, and I wanted to do a um, an internship of some sort, and I know Disney had one, and 
but they didn't have costume design. And so I like literally legit reached out to these people, cold call and was like, would you take an intern? Yeah. I want to learn. And like, it was there that I was like, oh, there's the pattern maker. Here's the designer totally. guy. Like, yeah. I want to yeah. be him. The positions, I don't yeah. Be, but I, in the meanwhile, I was literally sewing like fake pizza Learning. or a prop and like totally you know and I was such a bad seamstress like all my stuff got sent back from quality <laughs> so people like you don't have to close the crotch of the pants no I was so bad my first shirt that I made I'll never forget I was like this is like the best shirt ever I'm gonna wear this to a rave and I put it on and the plackets were on the top I was like that's oh. totally what I wanted to do like we're but I think that that like really speaks to like designers come in every shape and form like yeah I come and like, and then I went and got my costume design degree at a school, like a true art school in Chicago. Yeah. And like, that really is where I like honed my craft. But like, you know, it's all these things that like, just, I mean, I didn't even know how a costume department worked. But like, when I was at that weird Paramount, like doing this weird job, yeah. they had like, one of those arts magazines that I don't even know if they exist anymore, like a newsletter. Yeah. And I saw in there, they were looking for theater artists for a camp in upstate New York. And I went and I was a camp counselor and I was a costume designer. For the I did that for camp. I, I literally did that for the Ronald McDonald kids with cancer camp. I ran the theater play. Oh. I swear. That's what I did. No <laughs> wonder why we like each other. This was amazing. We were like in the Anirondack. We did a, there was a three ring circus. There was a full ballet. There was a full modern dance. And they did like, so like, it was another thing of like figuring out like no resources. It was me and one girl from England that we would drive two hours to the Joanne fabrics and like get stuff. And like, it was all about these like scrappy situations I was totally. in over and over again about like, how do you make this work? But don't you remember loving it? Like there was yeah. no money. We had no money. There was no money. And I, I'll never forget on my first movie, I called my mom and I was just like, not designing PA and I said, this guy's going to be a star. He's going to be like Sylvester Stallone. Cut to, he's literally training at 24-Hour Fitness. Dead serious. But it was those moments that you're so happy. Now, can you, um, I looked at your, your credits are awesome as an assistant. What was your first TV film assisting job? So I then, so I did this class in Columbia. Yeah. And like Maggie Morgan, who is like now teaching at UC Davis, but like she had assisted on like Casino and The Grinch and like all this stuff. Oh, cool. It was amazing that she was like kind of my mentor and she got me a job at uh, the Pasadena Playhouse as a wardrobe supervisor. Got so it. I had this like job where I made money. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Money. Um, I do remember when I left there for my first assistant job, I literally doubled my salary. Like, That's so I, like, felt like you're in your twenties. I'm like, I didn't need much. I'm like, I was like, Oh, whatever. Um, so anyway, I had gotten in the guild because I was doing all these like, student films because I had money coming in at night because yeah. I would like do this so I would like do a USC film or like a whatever on mandy.com remember when you used to be able to get jobs that way yeah. and I would do all these jobs for credit for no money because I didn't have to worry about money because I had this like weird theater job <laughs> so and then you know to get in the guild you had to have like a theatrically released film so I used one of those short films okay. got in the guild and um Janie Bryant was moving and I had a roommate that was from St. Louis who was an actor but hence he was working for a moving company yeah and he moved her like literally just moved her furniture and was like hey my roommate wants to be a costume designer can she call you shut up that's how now did you know who she was I looked her up but you know she had yeah. just moved from New York Got and it. dead she had a relationship with Milt so Deadwood hadn't come out yet Got so it. and like also I didn't really I mean I don't even remember really 
like looking people up that way. Like we back then, now we geek out and we can stalk like, oh, who did that show? Back yeah. then, it really we were just so stoked to work for who the hell we were working for at the time. Well, and I like don't even think I knew it wasn't on my radar like what IMDb is. Like when I it was in Deadwood with her, we had the Nextel phones where they. I remember them calling us and be like, "You're using the big too many thick minutes. ones. Use the Nextel. Only <laughs> totally. walking each other. We're like, why would we do that? It's like so inconvenient." But I, yeah, so like that was my first. So like literally, I would call Janie every time yeah. like something would happen. I called her. We had never met, and I was like, "Hey, I've gotten in the union. Hey, this. Hey, that. Whatever it was." Like just kept her posted, and she ended up having to replace her assistant, assistant like in the middle. They had done the pilot, and it was like okay. the first episode, like very early on in season one. And she called me and was like, "Can you come over and meet me?" And I was like, "Yes." And I like. And you hadn't met her at that time. I had not met her. I just literally like either talked to her on the phone once and then like left her like messages on her machine. Like heard you got married. Congratulations. <laughs> like, you know, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause actually I was before that I was, I was working at the research library when I was doing the class at Columbia at, at Western costume okay. and Eddie Marks, I do love you if you're watching, but like he promised me a job and then I came back on like the Monday and he was like, Oh no, no, I can't do that. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, and I was like, what? Wait a minute, I, was, I need this job. Yeah, I was so devastated at the time. I was like, what do you mean? And like, what? And then like, my life would be so different if I would have gotten my 30 days. He did, he did it on purpose. He did it on he purpose. He did me a huge, huge favor. And yeah, yeah. you know, at least, at the, but I was like, yeah. So I, from there, I was like, well, I'm never going to get in 705. And I knew I didn't want to be a supervisor. So I was like, I'll just concentrate. Like I kept like really razor focused on like getting an 892. So <laughs> Even though I tell people if they're, if they can do that supervising gig, don't uh -huh. overlook it because we need supervisors oh, and those people, definitely. if you are level-headed, smart, driven, supportive, you will always work. So I always tell students, don't disregard the supervisor position and they could make good money. So anyway, oh you make probably better money than us. That's what I tell them all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it is true. Like I do feel like that is a dying art. And I do think what's really exciting about our industry in general, that that supervisor role, why so many people are no longer interested in it yeah. because it turned to this like paperwork role. But I have to say it is shifting again. And it's because they're getting, to, they're getting help. They're getting, well, they're help. getting help to like do the stuff that you don't want to do. Like nobody wants to sit there and do paperwork all day. So like, it is great that like it can shift back to what it like when I was trained, I was trained by like, uh, Dodie Shepard. I don't know if you had anybody like mm -hmm. she was an old timer. She was like part of the studio system as like a like child actor and like this woman, Andrea Weaver. And like they were old school. Hardcore. That, like, they would do the fittings for the background. They would do And like Johnny Foam is my supervisor on Glow this year. And he is that like he has somebody yeah. else do the paperwork and he protects me. He makes sure everything is covered. I love, sure oh. And like, it just feels like the way it used to be. And I do think that totally. we're shifting back to that way where like- I'm hoping. We can, yeah, we can have people that like go back to that role in a traditional way. And like, we have an accountant that does the paperwork or, you know. That's it, that's it. I think our crews too, I've learned from Vancouver, the crews, cause I think there must've been some American up there when they started the business up there. Oh, sure, and sure. When, when they asked him like, how many people do you need on the crew? Americans like, this is my time. I need 27 people. Let's do this. But every show I go up there, I'm not kidding. They may say they don't have the money, but they give me my prep team is like 12 or 13 people. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to come back to LA and it's going to be like five. So I think I'm hoping. Well, speaking of that, I did Key and Peel. I designed Key and Peel every season with myself. And two, right? Plus two. I, 
I read that and that was what I wanted to tell the students. Like she pulled this off. But again, I think that's where you learned. I think that's where you grow. Well, it, it wasn't like, I mean, especially the years that was like Amy Fegley, me and uh, Wendy, like it wasn't that it was, I don't want to say it wasn't hard. It was hard, but like we had it down to like such a science totally, that it you wasn't just got like, it. oh my God, we're pulling this off. Like it was just really well, it was just a machine at that point. And I like, you know, it's before you know that you're being taken advantage of. Oh, oh, I swear to God. No, back in the charm days, Eilish, I love you, bow down. But I was a set girl, so I, you know, rose and listened. My yeah. life was amazing. And she would roll the racks and she'd be like, would you like to fit them, darling? And I'm like, I would love to fit them. And then like later yeah. on, I'm all, I'm the set girl. What? Yeah. Right? But, but at the same time, you know, I learned a lot too. Yeah, but I do think that there is that place where like, I mean, I have kids, you talk about my balance. Like on Key and Peele, I literally... Got, I think me and Jonathan, oh, he's watching. Babe, were we engaged yet? Like, we were engaged <laughs> already. But, like, I think that nobody believed me because I didn't wear it. Like, I don't think I had an engagement ring. But I was engaged <laughs> the first season. We got married right before the second season starts. So I prepped, went and away. planned a wedding. Literally, we're on our honeymoon. Came, flew home on Sunday. Did the first day of shooting on the second day. Then I got pregnant. Oh, wait, that's him? Okay, so wait, is, is he Sanford music? Yeah, that's him. I, I love it. I love it. He's answering. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, like, we, like, <laughs> literally, it was so amazing because, like, I, my whole life changed. On that, and actually, Jordan's, too. Like, Jordan, like, had a different girl. He met his wife when we were on that show. Oh, like, wow. Like, all of us, like, it was one of the times where, like, the family element was so strong there. And I still work a lot with all them. But, like, I mean, I re I mean, I think I did gain a lot of weight when I was pregnant with Rockwell, whatever. But like, I remember like yeah, walking up to like talk to Jordan and Keegan about like how we were gonna work it after because we were gonna shoot our last season yeah. right after I gave birth. And he was like, "You're like he's like how pregnant are you?" <laughs> he like looks down. He's like, really? like, like But I did. I literally, my mom came with me because I I I had such a love for them, and you know, obviously, we're all control freaks by the way. Because that's what and we do as like, bosses. Uh, by the way, yeah. we're almost up to $100 in like 20 minutes. And this is this is awesome. Go oh, ahead. Good. I'll, I'll match great. whatever we make. I'll match. I love this. Okay. So you're uh, talking about being control freaks. Of course, we are right to manage everything. Yeah. But like, so I had Rockwell, like, you know, three weeks before we were going to go back. What's his full name? What, will you, like, what's his, what's his, it Rockwell? We have to say it's, Rock, it's Rockwell, Maine, Sanford. <sighs> I forget. My God, he's going to have to live up to that name. It's so beautiful. Okay, oh, so you had okay. him. We had, I had him like a couple weeks before we were going to prep our last season, which we were doing like a, you know how they do that to save money, like a A, B, like season four, A, B. So I was like, brought in Mel as my co-designer, okay. which is like a thing that I think is really important to like stress in the guild. It's like, you have the opportunity to be like, hey, I'm not going to have time to do this. Like, let me elevate this person and give them that. Like, we are helping each other out. It's a mutually beneficial thing. And like, the money worked out. So, but I came in, my mom was in town still. And like, I went in with my little baby, literally strapped on me and would do the fitties. And then we'd take like a break for me to like <laughs> breastfeed and then go back in. And then Mel would do the day-to-day -day of like the day players. And she'd send me a photo stream and whatever. And it really worked. I mean, I vividly, this is like the difference between Jordan and Keegan. Like Keegan would like take the baby and throw him in there. I did a full fitting with Keegan, with, with Jordan, with Rockwell, who was a very good baby on my belly. I did that like a 45 Just minute Just in between. Fitting. Oh. And then at the very end, Jordan goes, oh, has he been there the whole time? Oh, like, he didn't even know. Oh my God. I love that he didn't even, 
get into, I can't tell you how many times I've been at Warner Brothers and you're going down that hallway and there's full on breast pump action oh, happening, yeah. doing paperwork with a breast pump. I'm like, this is- I know, awesome. but you know what's really messed up and I've decided it definitely was invented by a man. Like now, luckily it was not around when I was available. Actually, yeah. Free's watching. I think she had it. The cordless pump. So like, I see people like pulling in the stacks while they're pumping. I'm like, what, we can't even sit down for five fucking we minutes? We can't have- Like a, what? A like you can't like get a break? Like why is it like we need this to be wireless? Like. God forbid a mom sit down to Takes a second. Minutes. I mean, yeah. someone was talking about, by the way, we just got up to $331. Um, by the way, and I'll get into my next question, but I was talking to uh, a producer friend of mine in Vancouver, and yeah. he said, you know, there's going to be French hours, and, you know, yeah. the crew, you know, lunch, like taking a lunch and blah, blah. And all I said to him was like, oh, that's so cute. You, yeah. You've taken a lunch before? I said, <laughs> lunch for us is catch-up time. Take off your clothes. Let's sew the hole. Like, he doesn't understand. Like, lunch isn't a glamorous time. Like, we don't, like, have a peaceful time and sit down. Like, we try. Well, maybe on Fridays. What, if you go work for Genji Cohen, you will. Like, oh, that was the thing that, like, when I, I love started that. Flow, like, she has this amazing, like, very utopic office. Anyway, okay. like, in um, MacArthur Park. And, like, you go there. Like, I would go and meet Liz and Carly for early. Those are the creators that go for early concept meetings. And, like, they'd be like, oh, come at lunch. And, like, they put your order in. There's a huge farm table. Love that it. Everybody sits down. And guess what? You don't even talk about work. Like I love I that. Met, the first time I met Genji, which was on like a tour of Glow, I like felt bad because I'm like, we just talked about like what school my kids should go to for like an hour. Like she's it, she brings back the human element to it. She's special. Way. You can All just tell by I'm looking like, at her. She's just special, oh, right? Like, like yeah. And and Glow is very much that way. We try to be it in the costume department. You know, it always falls off once you we start try. Meeting, but yeah. we try to like have lunch together during prep as a team. And like, it definitely, anytime you go to the office at Tilted, like that is very much what is happening. So I think there's something about like that mail run situation. Mm -hmm. Well, like, cause I think they're always like, better. Like you said, the, uh, did you say the snacks are always better? I thought you just fucking yeah, said like, I'm always like, why are men so bad at getting snacks for a, like for a production office? I say that, you know why? I think this is why. I think because in history, we've like, the whole diet culture has caused us to snack sure. eat, like hide. Because if you go in my car, in my glove compartment, I definitely have chips and M&Ms. Because um, okay. that's, you know how to snack it. Okay, so wait. Yeah. One, of the, one of the things I wanted to get to, there was an article she also did. I want to touch on this really quick. She also- Oh, look, I have a key and feel mug though. I'm interrupting you. But look, I have my like, still key and feel <sighs> mug. See that I I knew that was an important show to you. I, I I could tell that that was something you know that you'll carry forever. One of the shows, uh, Last Men on Earth. She's also done, yeah. and you have a belt line called Pattern Attack. If you go yeah. to her website, your that green belt with the lion and the stones. Yes, it's so gorgeous. We're gonna talk about that. But one of the things you had done, you had talked about on Last Man uh, on Earth. You talked about uh, a punk documentary that you couldn't remember the name of. And I just want to tell you, it was Decline of the Western Civilization, part one. Oh yeah, you, I think of that for Justine. That was what my inspiration was for Justine. So like the relation. director of, of the, the pilot of GLOW, Jesse Pratt, it, it was in the Lemonheads. That's right, that was back to GLOW. Got it, got it, that was the correlation. Okay, so uh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Last Man on Earth though was like an interesting situation because I took over the design, they wanted to replace the designer like two episodes in. Got it. 
So you know how that can always be. So yeah. like I yeah. was brought in and then like really we redid Kristen's character and like I like she's one of my favorite characters I've ever dressed in. All I was gonna life. ask, was he in yeah, he was interested, yeah. Yeah, she was like, you know, and it was like such a high low thing and like, you know, the fact that the world has kind of ended and all these people are sick. I mean, you know, it started in twenty twenty and Which, the virus those dates are super scary to so, read about. Yeah. And I was like, did this trip Beth out because it's tripping me out reading about it. It really but like we like you know, I'm always very about like the motivation of like what is the truth. And so for me, it's like, how do we decide that these people change clothes every time? It's like, you know, Will's character was very much about that, like, waste not, what not. Like, it's like, would wear one thing once and throw it on the ground. And if he was drunk, he'd pick it back up or whatever. Like, but Kristen's character is like, she would always leave a check when she would take clothes. But we decided I, that she would like. Because she has access to the stores, but she's still yeah, being she a good Yeah, she would go in. Yeah. So, like, it really was like the world is your oyster situation. And, like, what would she pick if she had no worries about money but you know she she was a very honest gal so we always said like no matter what she went and took she would leave a check on the red well, i dropped it <coughs> oh that's okay that happened on um that happened to ellen yesterday on the other live well that's a perfect segue because glow it's so interesting so linda kearns as you know linda linda yeah. always calls me and says you need to know this designer. You need to know this designer. And she was talking about you. And then Tracy Field was talking about you. And this was a while ago. And I'm like, who is this Beth? Oh, and Allison Finger was talking about you. So finally, I look up Glow. I am watching parts of Glow last night. And I went into like this K-hole of, here's a couple things. First of all, congrats on all the buzz from it. You deserve it. The more I dug deep, you friggin' deserve it. Um, one of the... Uh, things I was uh, reading about. So all there was all this hype on the wedding episode. So I've never done this yeah. before for a guest, but I just want to show people in case they haven't seen the show or what this episode. Now I'm not going to get in. I mean, excuse the ring light. There we go. Okay. So yes, there's all this information. You can dig deep on that wedding episode. You killed it. Yeah. I'm going to be selfish because this is mine and yours time. There was a yeah. guest that you had on that show that I am obsessed with her clothing and I need to ask, like, I cannot. Oh, of course. Um, so, you know, my questions so are, yeah, tell me, like is she a, as tall as me? She's like 5'10". She's very tall, but she's like a unicorn. Like, literally things we would have that were a size 6 or things that were a size 12, we'd put it on her and it would fit. She's like this magical being. Did, so, did you make a lot of her stuff? Did you? What, we what actually did thinking? not. We did not make a lot of her stuff. I mean, make is like we recut a lot of those of course pieces. yeah but we found you know we we also don't have a lot of money on glow which i know mm, we do like be careful with the amount of money right like she was a person that i was like i don't care and i'm also like i think because of i came up on low budget like yeah. i never go over budget like yeah season one of glow we were twenty thousand dollars under budget which was like I remember being mad at my supervisor. I know. And then, spend it, and spend then, it. Yeah, and I, yeah. And then the creator being like, but we got another song. And like, it really made me realize like how much we are really a team. And, and Lizette Kilmer, who was my supervisor season one, was like, did you, did you miss anything? Like, do you feel like you lost anything because we were under? I was like, no, right? No. Yeah. But we had like, you know, Lizette and I both, it was a lot more money than we had been given before. So she was right. really cautious. But like, we had doubles of everything. We had, like, we had, there was nothing. I had so much jewelry. Like, I wasn't missing anything but do you shoot said, in chronological order i read somewhere that you shoot no, in, no, no. Okay, i didn't think so there was i'll show you this article it said well shooting in chronological order i'm like how do they do that but that's not true okay good. No. i was done no Anyways. no 
not, I mean, not that I'm remembering, but you know, it has been a long quarantine. So my memory is not as what it once was. Um, you know, we're going to talk about these, but you know what we're going to talk about. And this is, so you're, keep on going with what you're doing, but this is what I need to talk oh, the Bob about. Bob Mackie, which was so fucking amazing because, you know, we got those from this. And like, I, I'll have to, I have a photo of Liz and Carly's face. Originally, Gina said she would be topless, and then we decided it was like not necessary. And that's her body? Her body is so Her open. body is, I'm telling you, the woman looks so amazing, and she's so lovely, and she's yeah. so well thought of. She's a unicorn. So like, and like I said, anything fit her. It was like, she's like a magic carpet. It's like, you put it on. So like, a lot, <laughs> I decided, I decided to spend money on her. Like, I was like, I'm not gonna like, and I actually like have a weird pride of the fact that like, I don't think I have an outfit before she was there on glow that is more than $400. Like, I mean, yeah, nothing yeah. is like, right. you know, we don't like, I just don't think it's necessary. Like I do. So I take, I love when you can make something like epic and you're like, that was two fifty. I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, when people compliment my shirt, I'm like, I found it at target. It was $5. It's like, so there <laughs> is about that street cred. So anyway, it was really exciting to have her, but like, you know, that's a Chanel or it might be an Escada suit that leopard print one. And she had this amazing Chanel belt. And, like, we just felt like she is a person that still uses her body in a way. To like, smart, so smart. it was important that like she still like used the ornamentation of, of costumes to like feel her importance. Did you um, talk to her before her fittings? Did you have a one-on-one -on -one, or you just kind of? We, yeah, we always would do like a little phone conversation. This is what I'm thinking. And like, I right. think I put a board together and so I would send it to her. You know, it had been so long since we had had like a character that important join our cast like, yes. even, like kind of like trucking along with our normal so like that was really fun too to like be able to like you know because as amazing as it is to have multiple seasons of the show like yeah. that initial rush of like oh i get it when you have someone come on yeah. oh yeah yeah so like that was really fun to be able to do too and then that bob mackie there showing like was an amazing like costume moment in my life so like bob mackie at it like michelle cole are like the reasons i'm a costume designer like I love the Carol Burnett show. Like I had Bob Mackie's books, like Bugsy Berkeley and like in living color was like, I love that those two became the reason why you're in it. I friggin' love that. Like that yeah. combination became, yeah, but how like, did color, you, there's, color, a, color. there's a story behind that piece and her fitting and the like, uh, tell me a little bit oh, about that. She couldn't, she couldn't walk. Like we had to, like, our ceiling was too tall. So like we had to like, we only did the fitting in our room with her on her knees. She that is stand up in it. Now, where did you get that piece? That's a legit piece, oh, right? It's from Jubilee. We got to rent the costumes from Jubilee. It's so, like when we started the season, we thought like we don't know what we're gonna need. And I built two um, showgirls that you see at the beginning of the episode three, the Fantan girls. But we couldn't afford to make like a whole thing. We thought maybe we want to see this epic like scene with a bunch of showgirls doing it. But like, we knew we couldn't afford that. So I got yeah. the chance to like make my own and design my own, which I really wanted to do. That's cool, that's cool. hard because it's a dying art and nobody knows how to do it anymore. And it's a million dollars and feathers cost a fortune. You got to custom dye them and like the whole thing. So like, I wanted that experience. I really felt like it was important for me to not like that, to have that and like have Ooh. our own fan tan girls for the show. But then we had this opportunity because Jubilee had shut down in Vegas to rent Jubilee costumes. They came, there's videos. They came in these amazing custom wood boxes hanging there. And like, just to like study them. Like we took so many photos. Like, oh, I would have done that so just heavy. to see the intricacy. Oh, <sighs> so it was and like, we, we, I think we had like maybe 30 that we rented and we only used three, but like, believe me, my costume department 
all wore them a lot. Like, they always <laughs> go down no, to I thought about to... that. I was like, you yes. know you put that shit on. Like, come on. Oh, my God. I put every single one on. And they, but they're all custom made for heads. Like, so sometimes you try to put it on, you're like, it on the like, shoulders too, right? All the weights oh. here too. Yeah, and like all the the songs are dyed perfectly to match the dancers. Like there was so much history of how that world, which like cool. is really is a dyeing art works that I got the knowledge of that I'm like happy to share with anybody. Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. I know how to make those, and like it was so like that experience too. And I would this, you know, I know you want to talk about me becoming a pr producer, but like being no, in this, we'll get uh, to it. But like, but this is part of it, like. Okay. Being in a, a fully supported system of creating yeah. is like what brings best work. Cause like basically that was, I felt really weird because I did not augment that Bob Mackie. It was a yeah. Bob Mackie design and I put pasties on her boots. That was it. And like not saying that pulling things is not part of what we do and doesn't make you a legit designer or whatever, but I really wanted like to give him credit. And so, so she says, in there, she has, they say like, Oh, made by the master himself, Bob Mackie. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, guys, I think it's really important for like us to give, and like, he's such a quintessential, amazing, iconic part of the eighties. I'm like, let's, let's do that. Like, Perfect. let's like, like, and ego. So like, I was very happy that they, you know, but in general working on glow, yeah. they, I, I am a co-producer on season four. It's because they have like enabled me to truly have my voice. Well, your voice and was definitely heard at the end in the wedding. Like, the whole look of the girls, and I know there's yes. a million articles about it, but I presumed, assumed that that was your transition to producer because you helped blast that episode to make it what it was, honestly. Yeah, so like I definitely pitched the wedding looks. I mean, it was always going to be a wedding dress, but I pitched the bridesmaids looks. So but good. like part of that is, so like basically, I mean, being a costume designer is very akin to being a producer because we bring so many different par departments together. Holy. Like, it's, you know, gone are the day of like the production designer kind of like having this umbrella over the thing. Like we all are collaborators. So I very much was that on Glow and like, you know, making sure the hair and makeup and like everybody is, you know, it's hard to keep everybody together. So like that was- You tried, there's like-, like a role. And then, you know, like, I think part of um, this movement of e equality, equal pay, mm -hmm. and equity of like, like I literally asked I was like this is what I feel like I bring to the table I would like to be a co-producer and they I were like it. we hear you yeah we we agree and we'll talk to Netflix and then I said well if Netflix says anything Lou who has been the trailblazer on the co-producer totally. on the producer totally was like I was like Lou is a producer for Ryan Murphy on Netflix so like please bring up that precedent if they had anything. perfect I don't I actually never asked what the conversation was but they yeah, just yeah. came back and like you know, with the approval of the co-producer. And it's been a really amazing experience to like step into that role of like a little bit more of a overall, like, you know, we all love to have, you know, a say in the overall look, but it's about the consistency of that and like being in the fourth season and if there were new players and new departments that like, that we would make sure to make all that uh, truly consistent. But like, you know, we as costume designers play a big role in in the storytelling. Like, they have the yeah. words and they have the vision too. But I've had to many times remind producers. Well, I don't know if Sally. I don't know what Sally. Sally would do that, and they're like, "Oh, you're right. She didn't do that." So we're always constantly giving them a little like, "But remember, but remember." But Mandy, you know what also really ignited me, and I will <sighs> I will keep names out of it, I and mean, you guys can all do your own digging. But like, I was on a show 
with a very well-known producer that I did not get along with yeah. because I would say to them, like, hey, what's this person's backstory? And they're like, all the time, know. all the and time. Like, the, how do you not know? And I was like, oh, no, I remember being like, oh, so like, where's her money coming from? Is she like, well, like she's divorced. Is she getting a whatever? He's like, let's assume for now that she's well divorced. I'm like, for now? Like, for now, no, I love, yeah. I email so much. And so I love in the fitting with the actor, you guys develop the story. And I remember I was on set one day and one of the characters said, oh, well, we don't have money. So my mom dresses me what she wants me to be. So one day I'll have a briefcase. And you see the writer go like yeah. this. Where's that story? She's like, oh, that's from my fitting. Because we need something to jump you have, on. You can't. Well, because like, that's the thing. It's like, it's about the respect about what we do. Like, we don't just like read as like, guy in his mid-30s, good looking. Like, oh, put him in a Henley and call it a day. Like, you know, what us at our best are really adding to that thing. And like, the thing about Liz and Carly, they are very much not that kind of producer. They are I so well that. thought out. They're so methodical about all their backstory and their, their exact conversation. But they've gotten my best work out of me. Like, and that's no it, because the more we can dig. And the more that you feel like you have a voice, like, I mean, I do, like, not to be arrogant, like, I do feel like that wedding scene is better from what I brought to it. And, like, I wouldn't have, there's no way working with that, like, with a different producer or some of the producers I work with that I would have felt like I was going to be heard. So, like, being <coughs> in this, like, open collaboration is what really brings back out everybody's best work. Isn't that, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping with everything that's going on, with all the voices that should be heard, that need to be heard. There's a producer in Vancouver, Cynthia will attest to this, um, named Clara. And I swear to God, I wanted to make bracelets. What would Clara do? She knew every department, what they needed, where they could pull from. And she looked at me one day and she said, you need to get this fabric in LA. There's no way it's gonna be, I was like, like I had no, but because she knew probably from Cynthia Summer's show that yeah. this is what we, deserved and I'm hoping that that's the future of more yes more producers is awesome but just more of being involved in that conversation and I love that that's where you are now yeah and that like it doesn't become I mean I think we've all had this experience except you know especially on certain shows where like you're getting notes from people that water down your design so much and like I think because I had had that experience initially assisting Janie on yeah. Deadwood where there was no ego about it. like if she had to be somewhere else like she would give me, I mean, at that point, we had the printout fitting photos. And, like, she'd be like, go get this approved. <laughs> you know, it's like there was a real pride in training the next generation. And then also, like, we got it approved through, like, the producers that were on set. Like, we didn't email. On set? Isn't that mind-blowing? On set, actually? That's how Travelers in Vancouver, the showrunner, was in his office. I would run in. Doo -doo -doo -doo. But, like, it was such a luxury, too. I know. And that's how Glow is. Like, it is really, it is. like. I was Lizzie wondering. Carly made, like, season one, it was Tara and Genji, but like once the trust was built, it's like, really, I like walk over and have a conversation. I get a median answer and I'm on way. Like, you know, sometimes when you're doing a show and you're establishing characters and you're like waiting days for feedback from people that are like, they, and also like, there's so much lost when I'm like, hey, you're like writing, not, like writing what it is that like, you know, there's a nuance in our presentation no. and there's a back and forth like, when you have a question, I can, I always have an answer. Like, I don't make decisions without, uh, like, I've, it's, it's always motivated. Totally. So like, if I, yeah, like, so if basically, if somebody's going to ask me a question over email, like, you know, where they're all having a conversation together in their conference room, it's such a bad way of working and it's I such know. an archaic way of working. 
And I'm thinking like now, I don't know if I told you I'm doing that show over Zoom now. I'm like, it's even I was going to ask that when, yeah. yeah. It's even better if like, you know, instead of sending these emails to execs to get approved, like, can we jump on a Zoom and I'll share a screen and us have a dialogue? I had an ex-boyfriend that would text me. He was a production designer and he's like, dude, they have a meeting here, but wardrobe. I'm like, and it's not, there was nothing against us, but if you get me involved, then you don't have to forget to tell me because you will forget to tell me. <laughs> or you could maybe have something that's a better product. Like, totally. you know, the more totally. like we, we know, can make add, it easier on them too. Yeah. But like, also like there needs to be representation in the rooms. So like not saying that I am what the idea of representation is. I'm no, not, but, but like, I think, Oh no, the internet just went. Oh my God, this conversation's so good. We're gonna come back to it. Mandy, guess what? What happened? My phone got so hot from my fucking ring light that it turned off. Okay, wait, so that happened. No, I had a guest. She had to put her phone in the freezer and go to the iPad. I oh, swear to God. Funny. I, mean, I just turned off the ring light and thought I looked old, but fine. Wait. Isn't that she funny? She literally, her phone died in the middle, Charlize, and then she, I was like, where'd you go? And she goes, oh, I went to put my phone in the freezer. I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I tried to do it from my computer, but I'm obviously not high tech enough that I couldn't fucking. No, you can't. You can only do it from your phone. You're fine. Oh, well, good. Well, anyway, that's what happened. It's like my ring light was like, it's an emergency. Your phone is too hot. <gasps> Shut up. Wait, how is it connected to your phone? Well, I'm, I have this set up. This don't really work. <laughs> I have this like, I have it against my computer. I have a thing, so if it gets too hot and hangs up, I'll get back on. I'm You're sorry. like, I have my kids with the freaking, my, you know, they're doing, oh my God, oh, that's hilarious. It's, the kids and working from home is like a very real thing. But like, you know, my kids have like, it's such a weird thing having grown up in the Midwest and I know nothing about film when I got in. Like my kids have grown up like, he's like, oh, I like that set better because they have better snaps. Like, isn't that, they know, my brother had drum when I used to do all like these hard rock bands, which by the way, yeah. they don't think I'm cool anymore because I'm a TV. They just want me to do like corn and seven dust. He has all these drumsticks on his wall from Ozzy Osbourne, Tommy Lee, all these things. And then now I'm like, oh, do you want to come to the set? They're like, a TV show? I'm good. Thanks. What? It's so <laughs> funny. My mom is like the one that will get really excited, totally. especially like, you know, when I do these multi-cams. Like, she loves a live show. Oh my gosh, my mom kissed Ryan Reynolds on Two Guys and a Girl on Pizza Place. I'm not kidding. She came to friggin' set, gave Ryan Reynolds a hug, gave him a kiss, and then she came to set of Pretty Little Liars and gave, um, uh, who's the guy that kissed a guy on TV during the music awards? Adam Lambert. Oh, yeah, My yeah. mom said, can I have a kiss? I'm like, mom, you can't ask Adam Lambert for a kiss. And she said, I'll never be able to ask him again. I went, that's a good point. Well, I, you know, I actually, and like my, my sister, I mentioned she lives in Chile, like, so a Chilean um, newspaper wanted to do an article about me and like, oh, send us some Hollywood photos. And I like literally have no photos with anybody I've ever worked with. And like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I just like have never been that person that's asked. It's a family. I also like with Instagram and all this stuff, like, you know, we're talking about uh, Linda, like everybody's like, you should post more. I'm like, I just like don't think about it within my day. Don't like, worry, Eric Damon doesn't do it. Paolo, there's so many people that don't do it. Look at look at friggin' Mitchell Travers, one of the biggest costume designers, as young as he is. It's not. It's just you know what I mean. It has nothing to do with your your friggin' work is so good. Don't even need to. I know, but I'm like, <laughs> like I love like 
I, when I worked with Sharon Davis, she has all these old photos of like mm. working on these shows, like amazing with I people. And, and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have been better for prosperity's sake of like, this will be so fun to look back in 20 years. That's true. Like, That's true. Yeah. Like, I wish that I would be, maybe I don't need to wish. Maybe I will just start doing it from now on. Right. right. You're like, I'm just going to wish. Um, I, I, my, my, um, uh, friends are texting me and I got a text when I hung up. They're like, dude, this interview was so good. We had so many viewers. This okay. is so friggin' awesome. I, I have a couple more questions, but um, I'm going to do Mandy's minutes real quick. And then we're okay. going to come back and then close it out. Okay. Um, okay. So well, I sometimes I switch up the questions. It was funny. I was about to copy and paste from Aaron Bennock's, um live. And one yeah. of the questions was, if you had to pick one of Harley Quinn's outfits, I'm like, that's not for Beth. Let me erase yeah. this. So Sorry, I'm like, I actually don't even really know who that is. Like, I don't even know what that is. Um, okay, so the first of all, and I mean, our longing to be in retail right now is so big. If you remember Opportunity Knocks, that movie where she gets trapped in a mall, Jennifer Connelly, overnight. Oh, I don't know that, but I feel like I should watch it. It's, it's so good. You said that question. You know what I thought of was Mannequin, like one of my favorite movies growing up, like, that's where I want to be stuck. And I that's, and stuck. that's, what's her name from, um, Sex in the City, Trill. right? Totally. Yeah. But like, I remember like Hollywood in that, like, you remember that character? Like, I would just like love to be able to be like, yeah, the person after hours at a store, like right. dressing the window. Putting also, like, shit on. That kid show, Today's Special. No. I remember Kids oh, Incorporated. Like, I, also no. like with a mannequin that came to life. I like, think I have this like nostalgia <laughs> for like, just being able to like be there after hours and like, jump on beds and like do all this, like eat the food and the thing. Like I would want to be stuck at like a old school department store. Right. Right. No, I love the way, by the way, you talked about being a mannequin like three times. You also did a TV show about a sex doll. We can talk about that later. So, um, and <laughs> so yeah. And actually it was so funny and it's like so hard to dress a sex doll. They're so heavy. <laughs> and like, Are they, do they like, weigh like what a person weighs? Uh, yes. They weigh what a person weighs. And it's just like, they're just hard to move. And like, they're, the, our sex doll in particular, I mean, I don't know a lot about sex dolls. I know yeah. this one that we had. But like, her fingers would, like, bend, like, this No! Way. And we just had to, like, bend them back and dress, like, the whole thing. And then we felt really, like, rude to not talk to her. Oh, I, would, I, I used to talk to my dress form in college. I used to call her yeah. Betty. Mm -hmm. No, so we would, like, have to talk to Barbara. Like, we all had, like, a really good relationship. But, like, most of the time her head would be off because we had a different head. We would be, like, so be, like just dressing this headless sex doll. But that just... show was, was very fun. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Uh, mannequin is big department stores. Um, if there was a trend, which you looking at your work, there's so much, uh, and I want to touch on one of the uh, trends that you talked about with the breakdancing era yeah. and special yeah. K, but I'm going to relate that to a question later. You have done so many trends, iconic on the nose trends. Um, is there a trend that you'd never want to see again, ever? The women having to get skinny like super skinny like I hated that like the whole thing is like and you know, when I think about this sex doll she was like her waist was like a 20 one like I just don't understand not celebrating all the different body types so like I think you know I love that, obviously I love so that many, answer yeah for so many generations that has been the trend and I do feel like we really are starting to understand that we people are. come in all I shapes and so. forms and like thin doesn't mean healthy I mean like listen I like to be thin I won't lie I do like totally. thin, but like, it's I, easier I, for your clothes but it's not happier necessarily but, you know yeah. I think that one of the things I've been very fortunate to be able to do is like dress a lot of different body types and glow yeah. alone has that and like I've never like I've always been so excited about that like totally. I've never you know 
I like when somebody tells me there are 25 inch waist, I like immediately get bored. Right. No, I realize too, and I bet you find this too. I have shoppers that are newish in Vancouver, you know, also LA too, and they're super cute, like thin little, uh, thin, you know, humans. Yeah. And I will have a cast member who's a certain size, a certain age range, gender, so you know, and I watch when they bring back clothes and I'm like, dude, this is crazy. It's hard for you to shop this character because you're tiny. And they're like, I don't know why a rise needs to be. And there, and yeah. I would sit down and I love teaching that. Like, don't assume just because she's this, that she's going to want to hide this. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing I think that that's so important as what we're talking about moving forward is like, right. how do we make sure that generations are truly have cultural competency training and where they understand that like different bodies all can be celebrated and that, coming into a fitting room with the appropriate clothing for an mm -hmm. actor is the way to move forward that it is a type of microaggression if you're bringing in things that are not appropriate for a person's body type like it is, is on us that's to, like to be that. able to be educated on all these different things so that we can do our job and like we shouldn't expect to ask an actor to like jump in like shit happens like i mean obviously we've all been in fittings where stuff doesn't fit but like you know it really is about like being educated and being able to have the right dialogue to have with these people no matter what your personal experience is that you're educated about everybody that you're fitting's personal experience so that you can have the right um you know conversation and like it's a true collaboration that everybody feels celebrated and and excited about moving forward and heard and i think that's going to make talent really shine and hard work really shine because if i'm perfect example i dress lala okay lala from Lala Anthony, I mean, her body and her everything is just epic. And I knew it because I, I, you know, I grew up in LA and my friends and my research and all that. And I think that's where it's going to come down to no matter what you look like, it's the research. It's like you said, the knowledge, it's really But it's opening. you taking the time, man, it, at a department oh, head, instead of just saying like, oh, you didn't bring me back what's right and having an attitude about it. You're taking the time out of your time, like to truly train the next generation of like, this is why this doesn't work. When you have this body type, these measurements mean this. And like, this is how, and like, you know, I think it's- Thank it's you for saying that. It's really, I think that is, I think old school mentality as a designer is like, why didn't you know that? Why didn't you do that? Instead, yeah. I'm taking a white gay man and showing him, this is the rise on Lala's bum. This is the yeah. waist. This is the, this is the way that she's moved. I'm going to, we're going to teach you the swagger that she's born with. Let me show you. It was so, it was actually really fun showing yeah. him and then he was inspired to go out he was like i got this he loved it yeah but that's the thing it's like you know all of these opportunities these things could be taken in two different ways it's like it could be an opportunity for growth across the board i like or that it can be an opportunity to be scared and turn away so like these like we have to really dig into these opportunities to like continue the education of people because like you know the knowledge is what really makes change Totally. And an empowering, you know, I really hope when I go back to work, it's just, you're on the, the diverse board and I'm really trying to put in a certain amount of time every day. My friend, Ashley Durow is this plus model and she used to be a costume designer. And she said, you know, Mandy, I'm sick of uh, restricting what I do and how I eat. And she has now become one of the faces for JC Penney's because of the fact that she went into a fitting as a model herself they brought one pair of jeans and she was like, but it's oh. not going to fit my body. And the stylist said to her, you need to wear those things that suck everything in. And she said, thank you very much. She left the fitting, not mad. She left the fitting 
And she went and talked to the director and she said, I felt shamed in my fitting. I didn't want to wear Spanx. I didn't want to hide my body. I just needed the right proportion. So, you know, again, it's education. I agree. But that's the thing. Like, on, we had very big discussions at the beginning of Glow. Nobody wears undergarments. Nobody wears Spanx. That's actually kind of a lie. Because then, like, for back support, we started putting some on. And, like, for yeah. like we weren't like, oh, we need to, like, put you all in the same shape. Like, just because you're in a leotard doesn't mean you need this undergarment. And I think, you know... Like in the 80s, nobody wore undergarments that way. It was like that dead zone where people were just eating McDonald's. Like, you know, like it wasn't totally. like, you know, the 50s, the 60s, like they were wearing all those sharp undergarments. And yeah. then the Spanx were like the early 2000s. Like there was this time period where like America was just like eating terribly. I mean, like I grew up on like. I grew up on frozen fish sticks and Miracle Whip. We didn't grow up on anything that was to go in the fry daddy. Yeah, yeah, like, seriously. Yeah. And it was, and I remember it being like so exciting that it was to go and it was pro- it was everything oh, was so <laughs> it was so delicious too i mean like now i have so a good. hard time eating healthy because i'm like you know what's delicious it's french fries and pizza mm, that's yep. what that's good yeah. okay wait um okay if you were to be a fly on the wall to watch a designer's process on a film on a tv show past or present what show what movie what what would, where would you want to be carol burnett and bob mackie like anytime <sighs> they're together I love how I saw her in Vancouver. I went by my friggin' oh no, wait, I didn't. I went with my set girl. I knew that she loved Carol Burnett, and we went and saw her just speak. She just oh. talked. I saw John Waters speak too, which is amazing. I would have loved to do a John Waters film, like any John Waters film. Like any. I was just watching Cry Baby again. But like, you know, I am very excited about people that are collaborating over years. And like, what does that shorthand look like? What does it become when like everything can be like just really simply talked right, about and then right. there's trust there? Like how much purer does a design get when you're left alone? Well, I you think, like, do you so- think Netflix has, because when I did Travelers on Netflix, I'm finding and I'm hearing from a lot of designers that, um, you know, the conversation, the openness and the trust of who they hired on Netflix seems to be pretty solid. They trust you and then they celebrate you when you're done. They put you on a panel. They get your hair and makeup done. Like, they, like, make you feel great. And so, like, <laughs> it makes you want to work hard for them. I like, love that. I basically feel like me and Ted Sarandos would be friends if I, I mean, like, I, like, and I, like, I just feel like he values me in a way I've yeah. never, like, yeah. Yeah. in a way that I just, like, have never really felt as a below-the-line artist from, like, such a head. Probably, like, you get invited to all the parties. Like, <laughs> they send you a car to go to the Emmys. It's like, you don't, like, I remember when we were nominated for, uh, for Deadwood for HBO yeah. and like they said like one limo for we all had like meet at a hotel to like go in the limo together like you know Netflix just really like I feel like across the board all below the line and above the line like they just make you feel like you're worth what you're worth I and, love that. and it's fun like I said to get together with all the different designers too and do these events oh no it's I think we like geek out on it I think it's so cool and I also think my friend who's married to a costume designer that works for Netflix, he said his marriage is better because she's worth more at work and feels better at home. He, he oh. even said, he's like, I have to do less now because she gets a lot from work. I was laughing. That's true. That's so funny. My husband would probably have a similar day. But like, I mean, I think that there's something about that support that is just like really goes a long way. And I just don't feel like it's super hard for the network to do. Like, I feel like they put a lot of work in it. Like they have a whole department for below the line. But like, I just feel like, it's this thing of going back to like 
you get what you give. And like really? the more producers give to us, like the better we are. We will bend over backwards. One of my best friends who doesn't work in this business, I was talking to her about, I, I got the show. I, um, let's just say it's about vampires and teenagers, really big show, but they offered me a rate that I hadn't heard of since I was in my twenties. I know. And when I, we, we challenged it once, we just went back and forth once and what it, the value of somebody who's been in this business for 24 years, and this is not just me, it's happening across the board too. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that's another discussion on costume designers and rates, and I think how we had, we need to start talking about that, just we like we're talking about. Yes, we, like, we definitely, that just came up in our meeting about, like, we don't share enough. Like, I will tell you what I make on shows. Like, I mean, I don't need to tell the whole general public. Right, like, right. Know, like, the, the costume designers, because, like, I remember, like, that's just is, like, empowering. And we all have agents. And, like, our agents do know some of this information. But, like, if you are more empowered in knowing what you're asking your agent to do. I agree. You know? And, like, the thing is, the problem is, in general, is, like, people say yes to that. People say yes. I know. Like, I've done jobs for very little money. And, like, <laughs> you know, my husband always says the thing. It's like, uh, you're doing it for the credit. Oh, shit, I might get it wrong. You're doing it for money, relationships. Or credit? Shit. Yeah, okay. maybe. Well, yeah. Or no, or, uh, no or art. Like, or it's like relationship. Like the story. It's yeah, yeah. money or creative. Totally, creative. totally. Because I, I mean, they're going to be those low budget movies that you're just like, oh my God, this is the, the Blue Valentine, right? You're just like, yeah. I know there's nobody, but the I'll relationship take it. and the creative is there. Like, sometimes the money goes away. And like, sometimes, like, Glow, I happen to get all three and it's amazing. But like, you know, that's very rare. So like, I've always been the mindset of like, Sometimes I don't get paid as much as other times, and I just don't think about it again. Like, well, I that's the other like, thing. You have to – I even tell my crews, if this is what you signed up for, like, internally, you have to accept it because if you're going to take a job, and that's why I knew I didn't want to take that job across the friggin' globe for that amount because I'm like, that is literally $2,000 less than I got paid, and I don't want that to turn in to working less of gratitude. I don't want that to turn yeah, into that. It, it's a slippery slope. Like you really have to be okay with it and like get it out of your mind and go from there. But like, yeah, I mean, like we've all made, I mean, I've made no money and I've made lots of money even in recent years of my career. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. But I'm 40, I turned 40 this year. And so I, I think my first job was like, I was 22. So I was I wondering, I wanted to text you how old you are. Cause I'm like, I'm so effing old these days and I'm looking at your credits. Like when you look at people's credits and their schooling, you're like, are you a thousand and five? Like how have you done all this? But you know what? And then you look at other people's credits, like Colleen Atwood or you know, totally like right. <laughs> and their first like huge movie with like, you know, Edward Scissorhands, she was like 30 years old. Like those careers don't happen anymore. Like, did you look at, did you ever see Marilyn Vance's interview? No, I didn't, but I met her. She's lovely. Dude, she literally did Die Hard, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, and blah, blah. And I wanted to ask, was there, like, no designers in the world? Like, I don't no, understand. But it was. It was, like, a very different industry it is now. Like, I mean, and luckily, there's so much content now that we all get to work. But, like, it is a saturated thing. And, like, yeah, yeah, and, like true. you know, a girl, somebody in, you know, I don't know, wherever in the middle of nowhere can be watching our Instagram live now. I didn't even know what the hell costume design really was until... I went to college and like sought out the knowledge. So right. all of that, you know, and luckily that means that we have lots of voices here and lots of people that have different opinions that can come and, and bring their career. But like, no, I mean, I think gone are the careers of like, 
Oscar nominations at what what Ruth Carter was like what thirty when she got nominated for Malcolm X. Like God, I don't know. I don't know that those three exist, but. I think that we all bring something different to the table and it is just as exciting to be part of this industry today as it was then. It's just, it's so epically different than even when I started. Like, first of all, when I started, we were doing the handwritten cross plots. Oh my God, the handwritten cross plots, the Polaroids. So this, I was even, I remember, I was talking to Trish Somerville and we were talking about like even music video styling. If it was rock and roll and it hurt your ears, you call Mandy. If it was hip hop and this, you call... But now, and I'm even seeing this on interviews too, you remember back in the day, it's like, oh, John wants you. John, is she good? Great, you got the job. But now it's like, there are 10 people just as qualified going in. I can't tell you, Mona May and me went in for the same freaking job three times back and forth. And I finally said, who got it? And the producer told me, Mona. I said, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I actually... I've only one time seen another designer in like the hallway. Like I, I, don't, I guess I don't, and it was, I was going in for a Fox pilot that I really, yeah. really wanted to do. And um, it was like Deborah McGuire. I'm like, well, I'm not getting this. <laughs> no, that's what I said when they said Mona. I'm like, okay, fine. Rummy Michelle's okay. Clueless. I'm good. Like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny though. Like the sliding door of all of our careers. Like, you know, there's many jobs that I didn't get that if I would have got other jobs wouldn't have happened. 100%. Like, we have to value but, that for sure. And like now, I mean, I think people have an ego or a worry about like having a co-designer or giving their assistant a job or recommend some somebody else if they can't do it. But like, there's so much work to go around. And like, if you are like, if you're good at your job, you're going to work. Like there's enough. That's it's the like, difference. You have to, if you're secure now. enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is a, a, in, in the costume designers guild, at least like something that I feel like an attitude is, is, is shifting to be more about the collective of the whole and helping our, you know, fellow designers get their first job and move up. I mean, like Janie Bryan, like got me my first agent after I left Deadwood. Like, that's you know, so cool. No, yeah, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that more even within myself too, with my patients and going to Vancouver, not knowing anybody. I was telling Soyan when she went there, I said, be prepared to teach because that's how you get the best team. And now that I have met so many of you guys, we'll text each other like, hey, if I can't do this job, I, I love that. Like throwing off jobs to people that you know will represent your, uh, will um, hold up your reputation. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a tipping point in people's career where you, you, know, you don't think you will never work again. Like I think right. at the beginning of the career, everybody like is like, Oh, when's my next job? Am I ever gonna, you know, like, I feel like I hit that point. It's like, yeah, there's always work. There's always work that's really fulfilling. Yeah, and you do so have like, to remember that there's enough work. There's enough work. Cause it can be scary, you know, if all of a sudden you decide to take a hiatus of three months and then there's a freaking lockdown. I'm like, what I happened? Mean, <laughs> telling the woman that breastfed her kid in a fitting when he was four weeks old, like, you know, like, you don't have to tell me, like, it is, it's like that whole thing but like also I have really been able to find this amazing balance as a mother where like I could bring my kids or if I am on multiple shows I have crew that I trust and and technology has helped and like you're sending me a picture on set and I'm not staying to establish that I I I have a trust in in my department it doesn't sound like you have regrets as a mother either it sounds like you're very confident I fucking do well you know what I mean though it sounds so that you made conscious efforts to be present and present I mean 
Yes. I mean, I definitely, I'm very lucky. My husband is also freelance. So like, you know, we have this weird, you know, like we're both always busy and always not busy. Like it it can be tricky, but like, yeah, we have a great balance. And I, I don't, you know, I definitely leave work to go to like baby class with my kid in the middle. I remember like (laughs) driving from Glow season one, Glendale to like, freaking Culver City like the stupid side of Culver City on the west side like to go to a baby class at one <laughs> o'clock on a Wednesday and like meeting the nanny outside and be like all right give me the baby and like go yeah. in and be like I'll Hand be there afterwards like but but you're like but I and I like at the time I was like why this is so insane but like you have to just prioritize things or you'll never leave I mean like my crew knows like I I don't like to work past five o'clock like you will see my demeanor change. Yeah. And like John's yeah. phone, I mean, I mean, he'll put his purse on at five o'clock and, and get out the door. No, I love it. You just, this is, this is it. I got, I'm like, well, there are priorities on the calendar. I always have, cause I have endometriosis. So I will literally faint on like my pain is so bad. So on the calendar, I constantly have uh, gyno, gyno, gyno. And they're just like, what? I'm like, Hey, I don't have kids, but I do have a gynecologist that I'm not missing that appointment. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it shouldn't be that kids are the only catalyst for self-care. Thank like, you. Thank you. You know, people, like, I happen to have kids, and, like, my self-care is probably less. But, like, you know, just because you have kids doesn't mean that you are giving, like, like, Johnny doesn't have kids, and I'm not, like, you can't leave at five. Like, yeah, yeah. everybody should be able to have their own time. This this career is so all-consuming. Totally. That, totally. you know, and, like, it is. Like, just, you have to just put it on the calendar and, like, I always laugh, like we have the calendar, like Johnny would start scheduling fitties. I'm like, you know, actually I have to get made. Like, no, me too. I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just have to like, and you know what? It always works out. Like everybody's always, there's very rare that I've been like, oh, this thing, I'm, I, I cannot make this happen. But like I said, like usually then my husband will be like, all right. Or like, you know, I luckily have a partner that can also help with like, thing. like you go to this thing, I'll go to this thing. I'm working this that. time, you're working this time. You know, and like the, you know, we get better at the balance as our kid, like, you know, as the time goes, but you like, you have to make time for yourself. I love that freelance used to be a scary word. And now it's like a little more appreciated when it comes to couples. Um, uh, I have uh, two more things and then I'm going to ask you for your closing words, but I wanted to, I was reading um, an article where you were talking about, and I think this is what glow must do for you is when I get a character And I think, oh my God, I know how to nail that. I remember the trend. I remember that. And I was reading this article where you, you were so excited to do something with break dancing. And you're like, yes, I want to do her like Kelly, like special K from electric boogaloo. Which was my fucking anthem growing up. I watched the movie probably 400 times. Thank you. Thank you. Oh wait, the internet's going flap. Okay. Okay. No, it's not the internet. It's I got to charge my phone. I'll I'll plug it in. But I like, I, um, no, I like break into electric boogaloo was like my spirit animal. Like I watched that in the basement of my St. Louis house a million times. And like, so when, when Yolanda came on and we're going to do this break dancing thing, I was like, oh my God, like we are doing this exact look. Like I want to do it. And, totally. and like, you go back and you watch, I mean, that's the thing about glow. We do keep it really realistic, but it's so hard because like, if you watch break into electric boogaloo, it looks like they're in sketch comedy costumes. Like, no, it's so over the top. Yeah. Turbo ozone. That this was like the real trend. So we we do take some license of like grounding the yeah, looks yeah, on yeah. glow. Yeah. So like it does feel like we're like because the eighties are actually ridiculous. Like that movie. Ridiculous. 
it's ridiculous. Like you watch like Brad and like Breaking Two, and like even like girls just want to have fun. Like some of uh, these. Well, thank you because you you just segued something that you and I have to I have to show you. I did an episode on Greek with our mutual friend, oh, and yes. I told the I told the writer and I said. So we're doing a flash mob, little 80s style. I said, I'm thinking Helen Hunt from Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. So I had to show you. I wasn't oh, able to do the hat God. because they thought the hat was do too much. Hat. <laughs> but she didn't know what it was. Amber was like, I don't know what oh, you're talking about. And I said, I have to redo this look. And then when I read your interview, I just was like, she gets that moment of, yes, I get to do my childhood. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny because like, especially like, I, like my childhood was so I was young I was born in 79 yeah so like yeah like but I was born in the midwest so like definitely my like teenage years were like stunted of course like we were still in the mid 80s in St. Louis like you know this was a time before Instagram and Facebook and all these different things where like you had access to like you know I was looking at like YM magazine and like yeah and Duh. shopping at JCPenney's like so like we were so behind it, so like it did feel like all these things were my quintessential like you know grade school days, and it was it's been like such an amazing show to be on for so many reasons. But like a lot of us, and you know some of the actors were born in '85. So I was wondering, so when you're working with someone like I'm working with someone like Amber, and I'm talking about this moment where she comes up and puts her hand like that, and for us it's life. Or oh, cool, you know, and she's like, I I've when never she drops down the window when she's like, he's gonna break her out, and she drops in the, her and her hair standing up. It's like, I mean, it's such, a, it's such an epic movie for so many reasons, but like the creative on it is so fun. And that's able, and I, I couldn't even imagine what glow, what like what that had looked like. Um, what was another question? I mean, I had so so many freaking uh questions coming up. Okay, one of the things that I and now turned on with glow and one of the questions that they had was there and then after this we'll do the parting words but one of the mind-blowing things is their normal looks and i love yes. that you made their normal looks not look over the top or dynasty or too fancy like if you look at everybody they're super grounded did you and i know the answer but i think i want the students to understand when dressing them, the backstory of their home, of what they actually can spend, of what would be realistic, definitely went into their normal clothes. It wasn't like, wow, in your face. They were very grounded. Well, because it's like my mom. Like, what did my mom wear? What did my aunt wear? What did my niece wear? It's like, nobody was dressing. I mean, like, we have those scenes. Like, when there's a premiere, they go out. But, like, you know, it's still like a day-to-day and when you look at the 80s, like what people think about the 80s, they're actually thinking about the late 80s. You're because right. Because like the, the, all that crazy shit was much later. And we started in 85 with a bunch of girls in North Hollywood that had no money. That, yeah. So like, they were wearing clothes from like the early 80s or the late 70s. Like the disposable fashion that is, you know, the Forever 21s of today. They didn't have not the case then. Like you bought stuff, stuff with better quality. You wore it for a lot of years. I mean, like, I mean, not that Thank I don't you. wear like, the same stuff still, but like, you know, it was not that like fast paced disposable look. So basically what we wanted to really show was that, was that like, you, yeah, you had the shirt for six years, you wash it, you take good care of it, like, and move on. And so like, and also like, um, oh my God, it's not Contempo. I'm gonna totally forget the name. Um, checkers, where there was checkers, there was Judy's. There, no, no, was... there was one, and it's actually like, I think how I got the job. This like one ad that I like really wanted all the pastels of the eighties 
Tonton. No, one, us boys. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna like post it on my Instagram later. When I yeah, yeah. Like, like all these just like dusty colors of the '80s, and like that was the real like that's how we grounded the pilot. We wanted everything to be like this dusty palette, as if everything got sprayed with a layer of the from the desert. And so it's like you know those dusty rows, the moth, like everything we wanted to get because the the pastels like that peach and that mint of the '80s has never. Don't you really remember pink and gray? Time. Pink and gray light pink and light gray was like yeah. the coolest there was a camping scene you did where they were around a campfire yeah. and they were talking about their uh you know history of their nationality and how it's actually painting them it was like this emotional scene and none of the clothes stood out I fuck i loved it it was such a great well, that's the goal. i mean like i i've been fortunate enough to study under some great designers and i was the assistant designer on uh john adams with down as a casa and like she was like i don't want to I want the background to be a muddy texture. Yeah, like, yeah. That was really a great training ground to be like, how do you make sure nothing is drawing the eye, not knowing where people are going to be placed? No, and you I know. think all of your characters are like leads, so that's important too, right? It's not yeah. like just all about me. Yeah, I, I noticed, yeah. I noticed that. So great. Now I have another show to watch. Um, people are saying goodbye. People wrapping up. Here's, uh, I've got a couple questions. Oh my God, I love. So many freaking people tuned in and they came back, which is awesome. I know. Sorry, my internet went out. And also, I'm like, how do you even keep up with this? Like, you just, like, look at it. It's too much. Well, I also do some DMs before. So uh, um, I have DMs that I take before and then I have my questions. And I hope I get to, because sometimes I'll hang up. Like, when I hung up with Paolo from Empire, I hung up with him and I had all these nerdy questions. Like, because he, men in suits on Empire, suits are always, like, who's your go-to i love finding that out from designers yeah. like what's your favorite shirt is it always going to be eton you know yeah um so i have been doing this in closing because i'm so thankful to the people that tune in to the students the other designers you said such real you said really monumental um deep stuff during this interview is there anything that you would like students students are always saying how can i get in how can i do this how can i and you talked about the beginning of your career, kind of how things happened, but is there any advice? Everyone's journey is different. I know that. Is there any advice to these new kids coming out in this new world, like how to get our attention, how to get in kind of a... I think it's about being focused. Like Tina, uh, who is one, is Pagosi and who's a customer on Glow this year. She was a PA. She got my, she worked at The Way We Wore and she got my email off the thing and emailed me. And I see I that. Like, I love a sneaky girl. Like, I do too. I love, like, like I'm like I love somebody that like shows gumption. So like you know all of those kind of things really like you know another customer that like PA I've had before like come on back. I want my hours. Like I want to be like I love people that are direct and know what they want and can ask in that way. But like you know Tina also is the one of the hardest working girls. I've that's ever the had. difference. That balance with the drive and the work ethic to back yeah. it up. And that's what I had. It's like, I mean, yes, I was like literally calling a person. My roommate had moved. Like, that's how I got my first job. And Crazy. Then, you know, but also that, like showing up at Western Costume. Can I intern at the library? Like meeting those designers, having conversations. Yep. Like, you know, over, I remember the first costume designers guild I went to, I was a volunteer to stuff goodie bags. And then I was <laughs> smoking cigarettes outside with Patricia Field and Mona May. Like, they're screaming. And I was like, tell me, they're telling me about Clueless and Sex in the City. I was like, where the fuck did I land? This is so amazing. But like, being ready for all that information. 
being, I love that you said that, being ready for it, being, you know, because uh, the guy who is my intern now, and what I think people don't realize is that we need help in the most desperate of times. And if yeah. you're on our roster, I literally was sitting on my couch crying, going, I can't do this show on my own. Yeah. I need so much. And he was like, let me help you. I was like, thank you very much. You know, it's but isn't it about the timing too? Because I feel isn't like isn't it? DM me people that email me. And I'm like, let me, yeah, I'll keep you on file. I yep. honestly don't really look at the files, but like if you're texting me or emailing me to check yeah. in and the timing is right, it's like, oh, because it is sadly a little like out of sight, out of mind and like who's right in front of us. And I think that's something we can all do better of like mm -hmm. get a job, take a beat. Who exactly do we want to be with us? Who is, you know, cause, like sometimes we get like, oh my God, who's available? Like, oh, okay, great. You're available. Like take a beat to like slow down, mm -hmm. think about the representation that's in our department, making sure that. that we're giving that person a second thought if like they don't have as much experience and like just really taking care in who we hire. I love that. I love, I love that that is a closing conversation because I think it's, we can envision the way we want our departments to look and we're the bosses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, Oh, we have the hiring power. We have direct, we have the direct opportunity to make change. And so we have, I mean, sometimes like on Glow, it's like 15 people I get to hire and like one or two entry level positions. So like, that is a huge opportunity. Isn't it? Yeah. So like, that's the thing is like, we have power, we should use mm -hmm. that power for change. And like, everybody, you know, not only us, we as designers will benefit, but like, everybody benefits for that. It's just about taking a beat and remembering your power and using it properly. No, I love that. And I, I want you to know, I've been doing this show for three months. I just started the donations uh, when it became available to start. You literally got us to $400. Your people, this is so awesome. Everyone I'll match it. So we could do 800. I'll match it. Are you fucking, oh my God, this is so, so rad. And I'll show you how to do it after and how to get to them. Not okay, that they probably know well, how I'm to. Here. I'm now on the floor in my <laughs> husband's studio with my phone plugged in with no light, which brings up like, that's this is when we know we're going down wait can i ask is your husband he's a musician he's a composer we're actually this show that we're doing for netflix is social distance is actually the first time we've ever worked together so <gasps> and that happened so you were doing that so it we went down and then you started doing that all via online mailing yes i just started like okay. we're shooting episode four and i had, like three weeks of prep it's all on zoom that's a whole nother conversation that i'm happy to have but totally. i actually think i have to get to one so I okay go do your thing oh Antoinette just turned thank you for your time you were just dope love you get out of here tell your husband hi all right bye